Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does, they charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Scott Lang grapples with the consequences of his choices both as a superhero and as a father in Ant-Man and the Wasp. And what role does Nick Cage play in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in this week's episode of Cognitive Recalibration? Hi everyone and welcome to the Cognitive Recalibration podcast. As usual, I'm your host Shravan, but not as usual. Taran is not here, for now anyway. So this is an interesting episode because in an effort to improve the quality of the audio from Taran's microphone, we purchased a new microphone and we recorded the whole Ant-Man and the Wasp episode and it was very extensive. We did a lot of detailed analysis. We even had a guest, but... It turns out that that mic was defective and most of that episode was unfortunately lost. But we have managed to salvage some of that episode for you guys. So you, we still do have a review of Ant-Man and the Wasp for you to listen to. So that's why I'm giving you an introduction before we go into the actual episode. So I'll introduce the guest that we had on the on the episode. His name is Bradswatch. He's a very dear friend of ours. We've known him since he was born. He's currently living in Perth. He he came down for a couple of weeks to Melbourne and we had a chance to catch up with him to watch the movie as well as record this episode. So thanks again to Bharadwaj for being on this episode. And without further ado, let's jump straight in. The most interesting news of this week and probably the best news of the year is that Nicolas Cage has been cast in Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, so he's doing a voice, of Spider-Man Noir. Classic Cage. <laughs> he was also cast as Superman in the Teen Titans Go to the Movies movie, so I guess he's hitting the big time now. Why do you know that, though? <laughs> oh, well, I know a lot of things, what can I say? <laughs> I actually saw the trailer for that movie, it looks pretty decent, It's funny. it looks funny, I would potentially go and watch it. So it's a movie, not a TV show? No, it's a movie, like... That's why it's called T-Titans Go to the Movies. What, what the fuck <laughs> did you expect? I thought they all just go to a, watch a movie. <laughs> watch, watch the trailer for it. It's actually pretty funny. The story is Robin wants to make his own movie 
because all the big heroes make their movies and then they get popular. And Robin wants to make his own movie, but no one wants to direct it because oh, they're God. like, you're not a real hero. Okay, but it's it's funny. And he talks to Green Lantern and he's like, you have your own movie, don't you? And he's like, yeah, I do, but we don't talk <laughs> about that. Oh, okay, fair enough. So it's, it's, it's like satirical. It's funny. Um, Superman play a big role in it? Probably not. Why did they get Nicolas Cage then? Nicolas Cage will do anything for money these days. He's basically a hooker. <laughs> Like, seriously, he'll do anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we, on the Cognitive Root Calibration podcast, we're just very big fans of Nicolas Cage. We'd have him as the logo of our podcast if we if we had the choice. To be honest, we could probably pay him off. The copyright for his face is probably like 50 cents <laughs> at this point, so. Oi, I'm just Paris and Legend. I think one day we'll do a review of uh, one of our favourite movies. Oh. Sorcerer's Apprentice? Cod Air. Cod Air is one of my favourite movies, like, ever. But I do love Sorcerer's Apprentice as well. National Treasure, they're always a good time. National Treasure, oh, National in my Treasure's opinion, was amazing. actually good. Not, like, joke good, but, like, I actually, actually, good, I actually yeah. loved the first one. Second one was, like, okay. alright. To be honest, I actually love all these movies. Like, genuinely love Cod Air. Genuinely love National Treasure. And I genuinely love Sorcerer's Apprentice as well. I know they're not great movies, but... If you ask me to watch them right now, I would bid you watch all of them in a row. <laughs> you do, you don't. You do, you. I literally would. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Batman Noir, what do you guys know about it? As far as I know from the very brief intro session that Sravan gave to me before this <laughs> podcast, <laughs> I was involved in the industrial. This was not planned at all. It was all impromptu. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> But I think this is one of those Spider-Mans that I think doesn't really have the moral code in terms of killing people. So... Because I think from posters or images I've seen, he does use a gun. Yes. And yeah. From my understanding, the makers of the comic, it's from the, um, it's kind of like that Spider-Verse universe where there's like 50 million Spider-Men. And the guys kind of went like, what if Batman was Spider-Man? And that's kind of the character they came up right. with. So he's like a, it's like a goth emo Spider-Man that hates everything. But uh, yeah, he uses guns as well. So he still has spider power. So he's an inexperienced but idealistic apprentice of a respected yet troubled reporter. Peter Parker is accidentally bitten by an illegally imported and highly venomous spider while secretly investigating a smuggling ring of ancient spider statues. Instead of killing him, the bite gave him superhuman abilities similar to that of a spider, which is normal Spider-Man. Taking advantage of his new abilities, Peter begins to wage a one-man war against the criminal underworld in New York City as the as a brutal and feared vigilante known as the Spider-Man, partly to avenge the deaths of his uncle Ben Parker and his mentor Ben Urich at the hands of the city's major crime lord Norman Osborn. So it's pretty much the same universe, but set in 1933 during yeah, the Great Depression. I it was in London because the Great Depression, but it's not. It's in New York. Yeah, my yeah. Um, that'd be great, like Spider-Man with a Cockney accent. That'd be funny. Yeah. Well, coming to that, actually, Far From Home is yeah. set in. It's actually in Europe or mostly yeah, in London. London. So it'll be interesting to see Spider-Man in London, like uh, flying around in London. Not just that, but the time, because apparently this comes before Avengers Four, or oh. come after Avengers Four. I thought it would be. Well, he doesn't exist at the moment. Exactly. So I wasn't so, sure. If, like this is going to be like a pre-Avengers Three movie that somehow builds up but then that would be like kind of a not like a waste but like doesn't really set up to anything else because it's coming out after avengers 4 yeah okay. so i don't know if it's gonna so yeah they're pretty much already like 
confirmed that that he's come, come back. back. Yeah. Well, at least Spider Man and Black Panther and Doctor and Strange. Strange. They've announced and Doctor Strange too. Right. Yeah, and Guardian, and probably most of the Guardians. Who knows? Maybe. Although some of them could die. Maybe Wong takes up the mantle. Who knows? Of Doctor, yeah. that, we actually said that in a previous what? episode. Oh, I actually, really? I said that in what well, we. Come on, I said that last episode and, and I you laughed at me. It, yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. yeah. When that comes true, I will spit in your face. At the camera. <laughs> at the camera. I don't know why. Because you're like, you know, we never, <laughs> we never do these face to face. I don't so. know why, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the um, other news about Far From Home is uh, JB Smooth. I don't know much about him. I don't think any of us know much about him. All I know about him is he's got a fucking awesome name JB Smooth. Like, did he, I doubt, was he I born with that born. name or did he change that? Yeah, was he born or, that's the important question that we need to find out. Was he born with that name or Someone, not? Someone uh, send us yeah. an email about that. Cognitive Recalibration Podcast at gmail.com. We, we need to know. I mean, we could just, we, we need could to just know. search it ourselves, but, you know. Don't have the time, mate. Don't have the We're time. Very busy people here. Yeah. Very busy. Yeah. So there's speculation that he could be this universe's J. Jonah Jameson. So apparently he's, he's a comedian, so he might suit that role. But the other thing is, for Spider-Man Homecoming, they had a series of Audi commercials yeah. where Peter Parker was learning, well, was doing his driving test. And yeah, and he was the instructor, yeah. So maybe he, he comes back as a driving instructor. Maybe he's, like the, maybe he's like the Indian taxi driver in Deadpool, but for Spider-Man. In London, maybe. Oh, interesting, yeah. yeah. And he drives him around Europe. Yeah. It's actually nothing about Spider-Man. It's just his holiday. He's trying to go home. It's actually a very long commercial for Europe. <laughs> just like a avid... It's like Getaway. I don't, Getaway is this Australian show. It's like Getaway, except Spider-Man's like the host. It's like, oh, I'm at, um, I'm at the Big Ben. Look at Big Ben. And he like swings up and like goes around Big Ben. Let me ben, give you a panoramic they tell view. You facts. Did you call it Spider-Man? Yeah. It's coming home. <laughs> <laughs> Which just definitely to, isn't just to, just to the fans. That that still hurts. I can't talk about that. I can't talk about that. It still hurts. But yeah, that that looks interesting. That's the first movie after Avengers Four, so it's coming out next year. It's not far away. Oh wow! Avengers Four is coming out like Avengers Four is coming out April, and then Spider Man's coming out July. Wow. Okay. Very busy. Yeah. So it's not far. It's far from home, but it's not far from getting released. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. Pun. Play what on a, words. I love it. I've been, Did you write that one down? Yeah, yeah. Did you write that I've one down? I've been practicing or? that yeah, one all, okay. all week. I was like, when you talk about this, we yeah. say this. In front of the mirror. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do, you, do you practice all your jokes before you get on the podcast? Absolutely. Is, do you write them all down as it well? sounds like we're improv, but this is all yeah. scripted. Like, we actually, yeah. even this part is scripted. I'm reading off a script right now. Yeah. I, I write out all my jokes as well, but it's just a list from 1 to 20 of fuck written different ways, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we've got some more MCU news. Captain Marvel, which is the next Marvel movie. Samuel L. Jackson, we know that he's going to be in it as Nick Fury, but he's going to be a, a Nick Fury that's 25 years younger than what we've seen him, and he's going to be digitally de-aged, which we've we've seen that in, we'll talk about it, in our review of Ant-Man and the Wasp, but they did use it for Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer in Ant-Man and the Wasp, and it looked pretty good, I thought. Yeah, we'll talk about it in the review, yeah. 
if they make it look that good with Samuel Jackson, that'll be interesting too. For me, the interesting part would be, is he going to play a full-length role or is he going to play a cameo? Because I feel like it would cost a lot of money to put him on a full-length role and de-age him for every scene. But, I don't know, maybe they'll do it. Marvel's bloody rich and Disney is rich, so maybe they can afford it. Apparently Coulson's in it too, and he'll be de-aged as well. I've missed Coulson. He hasn't been around for a while. Yeah, well, technically, I think he's meant to be dead in the present universe of Marvel. He came back in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.er. Yeah, but I don't know if that's... Is that canon? Is, is Yeah, it's so canon. He's, he's actually back. It's canon, but it's it's never going to cross over with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But technically, it's canon. Okay. It, yeah, it might now if they, like, reverse the time. And maybe he comes back. But yeah, that'll be interesting. Captain Marvel's coming out in March. So it's a bit weird. It's coming out in March, and then Avengers is coming out end of April. So there's not much in between them. And then Spider-Man's in July. I feel like it'll be a direct continuation. Captain Marvel and Avengers might pick up, pick up off where Captain Marvel leaves. And the last bit of news we had, also MCU-related news, just came out today. Black Widow movie. It's directed by an Australian, someone from Canberra. Canberra. Yeah. <laughs> so Bardwaj is from Perth. Got someone from Hobart. We all know that Melbourne is the best. Yeah, clearly. Don't worry. I've got I've got friends from Canberra who I just I, I talk shit about Canberra all the time. <laughs> yeah, Canberra's probably the worst out of all the cities. Canberra's all right. It's, it's safe, but it's boring. So you got like cities like Adelaide or like places in Northern Territory, which might be interesting because of the danger, but it's not as like safe as Canberra. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's enough of a tangent on Canberra. Let's go back to what we're talking about. <laughs> so the director is Kate Shortland. She's directed movies such as Somersault, Law and Berlin Syndrome, none of which I've I've seen. Oh yeah. They're probably my top three favourite movies of all time, so Okay. Before the Nick Cage movies, of course. Oh yeah, they're they're in a whole different list, but it goes those and then Berlin Syndrome and the the other two that you just said. <laughs> yeah. The other two, Darren? <laughs> yeah. The other two, yeah. yeah. yeah t- you know, you... What are they? You know what they are. <laughs> you know what they are. I don't need to say... <laughs> I don't need to be telling you what uh, they are. Yeah. So apparently Scarlett Johansson was highly involved in, in selecting the director as well. Obviously, it was Marvel and her that came to their decision. So she's obviously playing a, a pretty big role in this movie. Apparently, Not... they actually went over 70 directors yeah. when they came to this um, director. Because they've been trying to make this movie for a while, but yeah. they just haven't found a director. Do you reckon Hawkeye will feature in this one? No, I think it will be a prequel before she meets Hawkeye. So when she's a Russian spy, I think that will be kind of where the story goes. Is she... Was she working for Hydra before, or is that just in the comics? No, she was working for the Russian government. Right, but was that, like, part of, like, Hydra, or was that separate? No, Hydra's German. But you know how, like, Hydra had, like, roots in, like, all the major organizations? Yeah, there's probably, like, Hydra agents in Russia, but Hydra parallels the Nazi, the Nazi regime, I guess. So Hydra and Germany are kind of the same, and then Russia... It's like a separate thing. They were against the Nazi regime, so I guess she would have fought against Hydra a little bit. But also saying that, there is a rumor that the Winter Soldier might be in this one. That'd yeah. be interesting. So maybe they, she does work for Hydra for a little bit and works with the Winter Soldier. So. Yeah, because the Winter Soldier had to shoot Black Widow to get to one of the targets that she was protecting. She shows, she shows that scar on her stomach yeah. in um, Captain America 2. That'd be cool if they bring that in. So yeah, he might be, he might be in this one. Because he's got like a nine-picture deal or something. Yeah, but he might take over as Captain America as well, so... 
So we started this podcast with Infinity War, and now we're at Ant-Man and the Wasp, and it doesn't seem like it's been that long between movies. I was just saying before I even watched Ant-Man and the Wasp that it feels like a bit early to already be watching a Marvel movie. Yeah. Kind of still getting over Infinity War. At least one that's its own standalone movie. But saying that after this, we have a pretty long wait until Captain Marvel. That's true, yeah. So we'll jump straight into the review then. I forgot to mention at the start of the podcast, but if you didn't want to listen to the news, you could skip straight to the the review using the timestamps. But here we are at the review, so you've... uh... It's a bit fucking late for that. (laughs) We can just copy copy and um, paste or... Yeah, I'll just edit it in. I don't want you to edit it in. I want them to go up to this part (laughs) and realise the mistake that you've done. (laughs) We'll just lose all our listeners at this point. Surely they can just skip ahead to see where they start. Yeah. But anyway, this is where you have to come to to start listening to the review. So we'll start with this story. Would you like to... We, we have a guest. So we've only ever had one guest, and that was Kishore, and we got him to explain the story. So would you explain the story, but with no spoilers? All right. So, so we're doing non-spoilers at the moment. So for those who haven't seen it, you can still keep listening. This is coming from um, from the guest who actually missed the first, like, three minutes of the movie. Yeah. So here we go. So um, I think the main premise of the film, dude. The first, the first three minutes were the best. That's when everything <laughs> happens. Yeah. Happens. Great start. Then it's downhill. Yeah. Down. You miss Nick Cage's cameo <laughs> as Spider-Man Noir. <laughs> Thank God. The main premise of like Ant-Man and the Wasp is basically trying to get um, Hank Pym's wife from the quantum realm. Whether they succeed or not, will I guess you have to see. If they do, might watch the movie. But apart from that, I think they encounter various obstacles. They get some new villains in. I'm not sure if this is revealed in the trailer, but I guess the name of the villain is called Ghost, is it? Yes. Ghost, yeah. And she has a really cool, like, phasing ability. I'm not sure how much of this is a spoiler or not, but you can kind of see this in the trailer. And the main story revolves around, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp trying to um, save his wife... And they're entangled with Paul Rudd's new life, um, coming out of parole, and they deal with the different family dynamics. And on top of all this, you have different other villains coming in. Actually, just villain. Not that many villains in this one. Yeah, this is a really, like, complicated review um, or premise of the story. <laughs> well, that, to be honest, there is a lot happening. Yeah, there's movie. a lot happening. That's, that's the main part. So basically, there's a lot happening, and Ant-Man and the Wasp do stuff. There you go. Yeah. Basically, yeah, that's basically what happens. What do you guys think of the of the movie? Well, off on the bat, I'd have to say I wasn't too like I wasn't too impressed by Ghost as a villain. I felt that she wasn't so much a villain, just someone trying to accomplish her own goals. Yes. She didn't have any ulterior motive, and because of that, they had to introduce some other characters to play the role of a villain, especially coming out after Infinity War. It's not much. It's not something that's going to get everyone excited, but it is an enjoyable movie to watch, especially viewing Paul Rudd's, Paul Rudd's acting as Ant Man. Yes, yes. He, he he nails a comedic timing, an amazing comedic actor, and he just brings a lot of life into the role, which was very enjoyable and made the film like really funny to watch. My biggest fear going into this movie in life was that after Infinity War, like I just felt like this movie they just won't have the stakes. It seemed like a small movie where it was just Ant-Man and Wasp doing their own mission. Yeah. But then after watching Infinity War where, you know, the universe is ending pretty much. Much half the universe yeah. is gone. I, I just didn't think 
we'd be able to digest something like this anymore, like in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. But surprisingly, I was still quite invested in the movie yeah, because even though it's not like the universe at stake, there was still a lot of personal stakes Down to the at play. I like that aspect of it. And also the comedy that you mentioned was really on point. I thought even more than even the first Ant-Man. Yeah. The comedy really hit in this one. Obviously, Paul Rudd was good. Evangeline Lilly was pretty good as well. She, I think she had some jokes, but she more action in, in this movie. Yeah. Hank Pym, Michael Douglas was pretty good again. Luis had a, a good part in it. Well, he had a lot of good parts in it, but he had... You know how he tells these stories. He yeah. In in the first one, he has one of those again in this Michael one. Michael Pitt does a really good job as well. Yeah. Overall, I actually really enjoyed the movie, and I it was probably better than I even thought it would be. Maybe because I went in with slightly lower expectations this time, but I I actually quite enjoyed it. Probably similar opinions from my side. It was pretty good. I don't rate it very highly. It's probably mid range Marvel for me. It's not lower end, but it's not amazing either. And Compared to all the other Phase 3 movies that we've had, I would say this is probably the worst Phase 3 we have, we've had yet. Just because Phase 3 has been quite, uh, it's been quite a good is phase. Is Phase 3? No. Or has this Phase 3 come before Avengers 3? Phase 3 was from Civil Captain War? Captain America, Civil, Civil War. War. Yeah. So everything after Civil War till now. Okay. Yeah. I would probably disagree with... Uh, so you reckon it's the, it's the worst? You probably think Guardians of the Galaxy 2 yeah, is the that worst. Was the worst. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely. I, think, I think this is probably on par with Guardians 2 or just worse than it. Nah, it's better. Uh, yeah, I would rate this higher. Well, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in Tazzy, mate, so... Seth, your opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, back to this. It's it's definitely one of the funnier Marvel movies. If you like the first Ant-Man, you'll probably like this Ant-Man. Action's a bit better in this Ant-Man than the first one, although the trailers kind of rules Yeah, that was the one parts. thing. So if you haven't seen any of the trailers, I would, just like we do with almost every movie these days, I would highly recommend not to watch the trailers and then watch this movie because it ruins all the action beats in, in the movie. Yeah. Like all the good action beats are ruined in the movie because... Uh, yeah, they're in the trailer, basically. Other than that, all the actors are good. Paul Rudd, I enjoy. There's a couple of spoilery stuff I want to talk about, but other than that, everything was... I was pretty happy with it. It's a it's a good time. I, I had fun with it. I had fun with it. Anything else you want to mention, non-spoiler? Graphics are great. De-aging's very good. And even all the shrinking and when he's Giant Man or Ant-Man, all of that looked really good, all the perspective stuff. Ooh, um, quick shout-out to the um, Asian cop. Was, I forgot, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll talk about him. He's Johnny Woo. Johnny Woo. Johnny Woo? Yeah, Something, yeah. Loved, Johnny yeah, Woo. Yeah. His, his yeah, FBI yeah, character. Yeah, Randall Park is Randall the, Park. Randall yeah. Park. That's yeah, one. he was actually really good. Some people didn't I, like I, him I, though. I really enjoyed him. Yeah. Some people the a lot of criticism around this movie is that the comedy is just takes away too much from the movie. Yeah. And. Some people said the comedy didn't land as well. Yeah. So yeah, I did yeah. feel that at, at some points Randall Park scenes took some of the seriousness out, but at the same time he added quite a bit to compensate for that. Yeah, well, for me it kind of all worked because because it's Paul Rudd, yeah. so the main character is Paul Rudd, and everything he does is pretty much comedy anyway. So it just works. Like if it was if if it was um, yeah, if it was like if Jimmy Woo was in a Captain America movie or something. Then it wouldn't work because he'd be he'd be making jokes yeah. and then Captain America would be all serious. So yeah. that wouldn't work. 
But in this movie, I thought it did work. The other thing I wanted to mention was the music. I actually really liked the Ant-Man theme. Like, out of all the Marvel themes, I think it's one of the better ones. I thought the music was okay. I didn't think it was amazing. It just didn't stand out to me that much. It's pretty... I think they reused the soundtrack from the first one, which is why I was a little bit disappointed. Kind of want a bit more from it. But it's not the worst. It's it's The Ant-Man theme's definitely good. In terms of music in Marvel movies, it goes... Guardians of Galaxy, and then the Avengers movies, and then basically everything else. Black Panther had some really good music as well. Yeah. Yeah, Black Panther had some good music as well. So this this is like middle-range music as well for me. Nothing spectacular, but it was okay. So before this movie came out, I think we talked about it on, on our new segment, that this was meant to have a romantic comedy style tone, which it definitely doesn't. Uh, no, it, it doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> it's... Definitely more of the same from the first movie. The same sort of tone. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. There's a lot of stuff I want to talk about in spoilers. There's two end credit scenes. One of them is yeah. definitely a must-watch. The other one, you, you can just walk out. <laughs> no, nah, the, the other one is by far probably the best end credit scene I've ever seen. Act, actually, There's actually a slightly important thing in the other one, which I'll talk we'll about, talk about yeah. in um, spoilers. Yeah, I did also want to mention... So a lot of this movie is about family, so obviously trying to find Hope's mother, and it's about their family. It's basically Fast and Furious, except Marvel. <laughs> There's also a, a through line with Scott Lang and his daughter as well, so she's back, and she's really good in this movie again. His daughter's fucking awesome. I actually really rated her character. <laughs> I'm glad you should clarify that. That, was, that wasn't even a joke, I, I literally did rate her character. <laughs> Yeah, she's pretty funny. And it's the same actor yeah. as the first one. She's a bit older. In this yeah, one. it is. Yeah. There's some spoilery stuff I want to talk about her as well in spoilers. Remind me. Right. So if we're done with non-spoilers, I guess we'll give our ratings. We'll start with Taran's rating, which is always the most obscure one. Yep, clearly. 36.89. <laughs> out of? 36.89. That's all the information you Every get. Every review yeah. is like this. So we just got to figure it out. But I think that's good. I don't know. It's hard to say. I'm going to say it's out of 50. <laughs> okay, well, that's not bad. Yeah, not bad. it's all right. Yeah. What, what would you give it? Well, I'm going to go back to the old Facebook memes and say it was a perfect 5 out of 7. Walking into this movie, I thought I'd probably give it a watch on Netflix or watch on Blu-ray because I, I thought after Infinity War, this probably wouldn't land. But for me, it did. I actually had a really good time and I would say it is probably worth watching the cinema. I think her. All right, then we'll jump straight into spoilers. So I want to start with the end credits. Yes. <laughs> so the first end credits. No, let's go for the second end No, okay, no. Um, first end credits. Let's do it. So basically, Nick Cage comes out of the shadows, <laughs> and then you realize that him and Thanos are working together. <laughs> It's Nick Cage's. It's not like Nick Cage playing a character. It's actually Nicolas Cage, the actor is working with Thanos. <laughs> and basically, Thanos gives Nick Cage the Infinity Gauntlet. And he's like, here you go, master. How far are you going to carry this out? <laughs> I can keep going. No one, was stop- <laughs> <laughs> no one was stopping me, so I just kept I'm going. I was just liking what I was um, hearing. I was like, this actually doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys could explain the actual end credits. So what actually happens in the end credits scene is 
we actually didn't mention, but this whole movie is also about the quantum realm and going into the quantum realm because that's where Janet Van Dyne is. So she's Michelle stuck Pfeiffer. in. The, yeah, she's stuck in the quantum realm. Who's still like somehow gorgeous even after like spending like what thirty years. No, like 20 years? Yeah, like her. Everyone keeps going on about her coming out with mascara on. It's like, does she have mascara in the quantum realm or like... The only noticeable thing was that her hair was white. But otherwise she looked almost the same. Okay, yeah, this is not important. Let's move on. (laughs) But basically they they have this... It's like a gateway to the quantum realm. And in the movie they have a a really big version of it. But they figure out that they can make a, a... portable version so it fits in the back of a van and they get Atman to go in to the quantum realm to yep. get some quantum energy to help ghost so the other thing is ghost ends up being good there's another thing we need to talk about which is how michelle pfeiffer ends up healing ghost which was a little bit ridiculous you get some quantum energy that she's absorbed um and healing ghost so that she no longer yeah. phases in and out of reality because that's another thing that kind of took away from the movie because the whole movie was Ghost needed the lab, and then yeah. those guys needed the lab. These guys needed the lab, but at the end yeah, of it, just... they they didn't need it. Like she could, if they got Michelle Pfeiffer out, she could heal her anyway. So it was a bit redundant at the end. Yeah. Coming back to the end credits, so basically, Ghost is good again, and they they need to heal her because she keeps phasing in and out yeah. of the quantum realm. Hatman goes into the quantum realm, and before he goes in, Michelle Pfeiffer's character tells him that he has to be careful, he has to avoid certain things. There's time vortexes or something. Time vortexes. That he should... Tardigrade field. Yeah, that he should avoid. And so he goes in, and then he's on the communicator with them, he can hear them, and then suddenly they cut off, and he he gets the energy, and he's like, yeah, let me out, guys, and there's no response. And we find out that they they are victims of being killed by Nick Cage. <laughs> You're just standing <laughs> standing above their bodies. He slit all their throats. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was waiting for that part just to put that in. But yeah, what actually happens is they all turn to dust. So they're, they're the victims of the uh, big yeah. gauntlet of the snap. The snap yeah. Of the snap. So yeah. all of them disappear. So I thought actually one of them would survive, at least one of them, but all of them disappear. Or like one of them and like half of Evangelion Lily. 1.5 out of 3. <laughs> so they're all gone and then we're left with Ant-Man stuck in the quantum realm with no way of getting out. What do you guys think? Where's it going to go from here? We came up with a theory, um, we meaning my brother Bhargav and I came up with a theory saying that but right before Ant-Man goes into the quantum realm, Michelle Pfeiffer says, don't go into the time vortex, otherwise we can't bring you back. Yeah. Which could imply that if he goes into the time vortex, he somehow either goes back in time or goes into some other parallel time timeline, which he can't go back. So the, one of the ways he get he might get out is he goes into the time vortex, goes back in time. Not too sure where back in time. Potentially, maybe the first Avengers or part of the first Avengers. The reason why I say this because there's some set photos that are released, say uh, like that show like Ant Man next Captain America, and like Captain America had his like original blue white suit. Not a uh, blue suit, but the white star. So um, the Avengers won. Yeah, so it could be like, suit, it, yeah. it could have gone all the way to the back. And he, and we he all know that Ant-Man wasn't there for that fight. And he has like quantum energy with him. So he could use that to make some sort of maybe quantum device. Because there's all sorts of things going on, quantum probability theories, saying that if this some, if something exists in this state, there's a chance that it might exist in a different state. Or something, I'm portraying this right now. But something might happen. They might use that sort of like, 
probability theory to somehow reverse what Thanos has done or something. I mean, he's traveled back in time, so that already has done had some effect. Did you have any potential theories? Who, me? Apart from Nick Cage ones, because we've heard all of those. <laughs> I have a lot of Nick Cage ones, actually, but I'll save them for another podcast. I think it's likely that he'll go into a time vortex because of time travel aspect that is expected in Avengers 4. Unclear if he'll go back in time or forward in time. Could go either way, because there's an old Tony Stark as well that's kind of back in time, so it could be that he goes forward in time, meets Tony, and they both go back in time together. So, But I think it's likely they'll use a time, vo- time vortex of some kind. And saying that, there's also stuff I want to talk about with his daughter, but I'll save that for a bit later. We'll just talk about... Actually, no, I'll talk about that now. <laughs> um, anyway, they've cast <laughs> they've cast an older version of his daughter for Avengers 4. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Has that come out? Or, like, they've cast someone and they said his daughter? Yeah, yeah they have. They've, so, I think she's, like, 16 or 17, the person that they cast. So, a likely theory is that she takes over the mantle of Ant-Man in the future. And she, she does do that in the comics as well. She's a different character. But anyway, that she's probably a superhero in the future, and maybe Scott Lang travels to the future, and they meet each other, and then they like travel back in time, or something like that. But she's probably going to play a part in Avengers 4 in some kind. And a big part of this movie is, well, not a big part, but she kind of hints at the fact that she wants to be a hero. Yeah, she wanted to be his partner. There's actually this really cute scene where he- Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Like, that was so adorable. She's like, oh, why would you just get a partner? And she's like, oh, but I don't think the wasp wants me. And she's like, no, I meant me. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> he just shuts it down. 
Yeah. Go to your room. <laughs> so, yeah, I think she'll become a hero in Avengers 4 and play a bit of a part in that as well. I like the whole world's greatest grandma thing. That was quite funny. She's actually pretty funny. She's she's like Paul Rudd funny. You could tell that she's Paul Rudd's daughter. There's a part when they're watching TV and Ant-Man is giant man in, in the middle of San Francisco. And... Her, you see her parents and they're like concerned and then it camera pans down to her and she's just smiling yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah basically her character's stature in in the comics yeah she's she's part of the uh young avengers which is rumored to be rumored to be one of the phase four movies so might be hint to get that in a bit of avengers four so i've got a, a theory as well or a couple of theories so one of them is Nick cage no unfortunately i'll have uh, to think more about that one no. um <laughs> Nah, I'll hit, I'll hit you up with the dates about that one later. I <laughs> uh, go on. Basically, the quantum realm, so people can channel through the quantum realm. That's how Jan Van, Van Dyne was communicating with Ant-Man as well. So she was somehow getting... Because he's been in the quantum realm, so she could communicate with him and tell him where to come. So one character that we know or we've seen that has been in the quantum realm is Doctor Strange. But he's dead. We know that he's dead. Has he been to the quantum realm? So, you know in Doctor Strange when... In the first movie, when he first goes to Kamataj and then the Ancient One, she, like, puts him through all these different realms. Like, she sends him through, like, all these different things and he's, like, he's, like, falling through everything. One of them is a quantum realm. Oh, because this is one period of time where it's just, like, silent. Yeah. And, like, the mirrors in the back are, like, falling into each other and that... Is that the same spot? I think so. And then was in... Yeah. Because, like, there was also a part where, like, a bunch of these hands came out. Like, yeah, I yeah. I assume that he was, like, some LSD, like, attack or whatever. Yeah. So, but, yeah, that's true. I, I, the I quantum realm kind of looks reminiscent of the, uh, what's that dimension that he goes into? The dark dimension. Do you know how he breaks? He breaks into that glass dimension. The dimension. Yeah. So, there's this part where they go through the quantum realm and he breaks through the glass that looks like the mirror dimension. And then he breaks through another glass and he goes into the quantum realm. But basically, there's there's a lot of, apparently there's a lot of stuff in the quantum realm hinting at the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But we'll get into that later. What was your theory? Keep going. There might be a way that Ant-Man can communicate with Doctor Strange through the quantum realm. And, yeah. but that's, it doesn't really work because Doctor Strange isn't Is, there. Yeah. But Doctor Strange, he comes up with that theory. There's one in 14 million chances of uh, beating Thanos. I think that that one involved the quantum realm, I think. The other thing is Captain Marvel can potentially channel through the quantum realm. I'm not sure how she gets her powers, but there might be a way that he can communicate with Captain Marvel to get him out of the quantum realm. Yeah, I think she gets some sort of telekinesis or astral projection powers from Marvel, her colleague, and there was some crash, I think, that, that DNA infuses. And she gets his powers. And I actually got that confused. Like, I assumed that Captain Marvel was, like, Marvel, But actually two different people. Yeah, that might actually happen. The other option is he just gets out because either Ghost or... Or Lewis comes in and just... Yeah, so one of them's alive and they just end up getting out. Something. But that would be quite boring. I feel like yeah. it'd be it'd be one of the things that we've talked about or something completely different. They put him there for a reason, yeah. Right? Yeah. But I think he'll play a really important role in Avengers 4. Definitely. I think he'd yeah. be the one that's kind of... He might actually be the one going back and forward in time. Yeah. I think all the other characters will actually stay as they are 
It'll be Ant Man. That's the one that's yeah. He's the doing, key to the one in fourteen million. Yeah, doing everything. Although you see an old Tony Stark talking to Captain America wearing the Avengers one uniform. So the other option is he gets in touch with Tony Stark somehow, or Tony Stark figures out something, and they both work together. Which is odd because doesn't Tony at the end of Captain America doesn't Tony Stark not know who he is? <laughs> he's like, so who are you? <laughs> He's yeah, like, Hank Pym always told me not to trust a Stark. It's like, who are you? It's like, sorry, do I know you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'd be quite interesting, actually, if those two. Because they're on opposite sides in Civil War right, as yeah. well. But I mean, if he gave Captain America, surely he can, like... I yeah. Doubt, doubt he, like, has gonna... I don't think he, he really cares about Ant-Man. Yeah. So... Who? Iron Man? He's literally and figuratively insignificant. Yeah. To be honest, Iron Man doesn't care about a lot of people. He's a dick. Uh, that'll be quite interesting, I think. I think Ant-Man will be playing an important role. I think Hawkeye will also f- feature more. Well, he didn't feature at all in Avengers 4, I mean, so he'll feature. Unless they just kill them off. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. They kill him off off-screen as well. You don't get to see what happened. It's like, oh, guys, where's Hawkeye? It's like, oh, no, he died. <laughs> you, know, you know how the Russo brothers had fake scripts? They actually gave fake scripts yeah. to actors? What if they, like, filmed fake scenes and <laughs> all the scenes with Hawkeye were fake? Sorry, <laughs> Got that Avengers tattoo for nothing. And it's not even, like, Thanos' snap that kills him. He, like, dies of, like, cardiac arrest or something. <laughs> like, so- like, something normal. <laughs> like, he eats too much McDonald's when he's retired and he just dies. Or he just falls off his barn. <laughs> it's not really dark, okay. <laughs> So now we know that Wasp probably won't feature in Avengers 4 unless they get get her back somehow. But Maybe yeah. towards the end, but I yeah. think she does have a big role. Bit disappointed that she won't feature because she's really good in this movie. I thought she would, but yeah, I'm surprised because she's actually one of the founding members of the Avengers in the comics. So her and Ant-Man are like part of the team that first founded it. But it's not it's not Hope, it's, um, it's Hank and Janet. Yeah, Hank and Janet in the comics. We can talk about the second end credit scene, which you say is equally or more important. It's it's probably my favourite end credit scene ever. So basically, you w- wait through about 10 minutes of credits. There was a long... This credit scene was really long for some reason. Tons like, of curries. The credits. It t- the credits, It yeah, took like a long yeah. time. Yeah, the credits took a long time. And then you, it pans across Ant-Man's home, and then it's you see an ant playing rock band, and he's just playing the drums on the rock band. It's actually in the trailer. You can watch it if you want. So, why did they ruin an end credit scene in a trailer? Who's putting these trailers together? But anyway, the semi... It's not that important. It's not. Semi-important part. Uh, I'm more curious as to why you say, Throne, that what was the important part? Okay, you. I'll, I'll, I'll hit you with the important part. It's not that important. It's pretty stupid. But anyway, as it pans across his home, it pans across to a TV screen. And on the TV screen, it's just blank static. So, it's like... After the snap, basically the world's gone to shit and there's no, oh, like, okay. media. Yeah. So we find out that the TV crews are not spared by Thanos' curse. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's basically it. It's it's stupid. It's not a good credit, end credit scene. Yeah, so people I think can't it's a bit of a tr- TV now. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a bit of a troll, I think, by the movie makers. They know you're going to stay there, so they're like, let's just put in the shit scenes. Yeah. I kind of got why they did it in um at the end of Spider-Man Homecoming. Because they had Captain America say that, like, um, oh, patience is a virtue or something. Yeah, yeah. That was good. But here they're just, like, they're just wasting your time, I felt. But I knew after the first end credits scene, because I was 
pretty yeah that was as like that was as important like that's that's all i really needed so i knew the second one wasn't going to be anywhere near as good like they're not going to have two very impactful end credit scenes it's always like a a joke one and a proper Mm. one and i'm being honest one of the big reasons why i saw ant-man and the wasp was to find out what the connection was. Yeah. I feel like that wasn't just me. It was a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like that one end credit scene was like what I needed for yeah. this film. We can talk about the rest of the movie with spoilers now. Yeah. We'll go through a list of characters. So Ant-Man, Paul Rudd, who was good as usual. He's in house, yeah. house Arrest. There were some things that I want to talk about in terms of the physics of the shrinking and stuff. So yeah. you know how they have the cars that can go small and stuff now? Uh, like shrink and... Um, get i think they only shrink but in the first movie they developed this theory that you have to have the suit to get small and the reason hank pym stops being out man is because it wears on it wears him down yeah so if you use it too much it, it starts to physically impact you i think for organic matter though but then you see louise in the car and he does it he shrinks and he's fine like he, he shrinks in the car and he comes back out so there's some things that they kind of yeah undid from the first movie some of the rules that they set up true yeah so i don't know how the car works like maybe it's like a pseudo suit and it if you're in the car it, you can shrink yeah i think that's how it works it's like a suit in the car and everything in the car shrinks so it's just like a suit a bit like a car suit which kind of makes sense but i don't know it, dude it's a world where like people shrink you can't expect it to all make sense <laughs> no i need everything to make sense <laughs> So, you know how they have the, sh- the the smaller lab that they they've shrunk into like a suitcase size. When that's in the cart, that shrinks even further. So if you have something that's already shrunk, you'll shrunk you'll shrink even more. Yeah, because it has to be yeah. relative to the size of the shrinking in. Yeah. So does is that getting like quantum level shrinking? I don't think so. If you start unpacking this, <laughs> then it's gonna be real shit. There's <laughs> gonna be a lot of shit that's gonna come out. <laughs> yeah. But I just thought it was kind of a backward step because yeah. they set up some rules yeah, and, there is definitely yeah, yeah some yeah. laws they kind of overlook i definitely yeah. agree yeah. yeah i want to talk about paul rudd for a sec can we go back to that i really do like his character but i feel like they undervalued him in this movie definitely yeah yeah in the first movie he's still this smart guy he's like he's still stupid and everything but he's like an engineer yeah he, he is. breaks so into he knows, he knows house. how to do stuff like he's not a complete he's not a like in this he feels like he just... He feels like a complete idiot. Yeah, he just yeah? doesn't know anything, yeah. So I, f- I feel like they devalued him a little bit and it's not as good as the first movie where you're like, he is a smart guy and he does deserve to be in the suit. In this movie, he's just like a blubbering idiot a little bit, which I thought devalued him. But other than that, he's real great. Wasp was good. She gets more action in this one. Yeah, she's badass. Michael Douglas was good. Again, same as he... He's probably a bit funnier in this one than the first one. He has a few more jokes. And I reckon he was happier in this movie as well because the previous movie he was complaining how he didn't get to be the Ant Man because he wanted yeah. to get shrunk. But in this one, he actually gets involved in the um, yeah. towards the end. So I reckon he would have loved that. I think he's got a bit of a, an ego about him because he doesn't like when people are smarter than him. I think in general because he doesn't like Bill Foster, and he just tried to help them. Like I, I don't think he was. I think in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, in terms of egos and big dicks, it goes Tony Stark, and then above him, it's Hank Pym, because Hank Pym's the biggest dick, and he's got such a big ego. In, yeah. in the comics as well, he's actually not the best character, like he beats his wife and stuff in the comics, so he's, he's not the best character. 
obviously in this, like, they can't do that, but they've kind of included... He's still a dick. That yeah. he's not, like, the best guy out there. And I think in terms of, like, intelligence as well, I don't think he's that smart. He's kind of like a guy who works really hard and he's, like, invented the hang- the pin particle and everything through his hard work. I reckon he's just above, kind of just above average normal intelligence. I don't think he's Tony Stark level. He's not near that. It's probably not even... He's probably not even Brute's battle nah, level. No, way. I think those two are, like, way, way ahead of him. He's probably, like, Peter Parker level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just a guy that he he's smart, but he has to work hard to achieve what he's done. Whereas Tony Stark, I don't think he even has to try to do stuff. Like, he's just naturally just talented and smart. I don't know. I mean, he, Hank, <laughs> Hank was able to create technology that was able to decrease and increase the distance between, like... Adams, yeah, and like that's I'm like I don't think Peter Parker could do that, and like I think that's like well, that's because he's still a high school student, but like right, uh, but like, yeah, that does take a certain genius, and also yeah, yeah, I know I were arguing about that, but yeah, <laughs> but he's probably like I reckon he is a genius, but just Tony Stark is just more of a genius. But yeah, like Bruce Banner, Tony Stark, they're definitely smarter. I think it's than hard him. to compare with Bruce Banner as well because they're specialized. Yeah, Tony Stark is more general. Yeah, whereas Bruce Banner is more like just gamma radiation. Gamma radiation, yeah. whereas he is like quantum mechanics and stuff like that. Yeah, he's probably he's probably about the same as Bruce Banner. Now mm. think about it, because Bruce Banner's the same. Like he studied and he spent yeah. years and years like getting Bruce Banner's real smart though. Yeah, like he became an expert in his area, but he also had to spend years and years. Whereas Tony Stark, I feel like he never really studied that much. I think he does. Like he's like study hard and <laughs> smart. So he's like one of those kids who like does everything efficiently. Yeah. At the same time, he's like an extraordinary genius. Yeah. Like you know, at school you have the kids that work really hard. Yeah. But then you have some freaks that like. You know, they just play PlayStation the night before an exam. Yeah. They still ace it. So Tony Stark's one of those kids. Yeah. Sure, he's smarter than all of those guys, though. True. Probably, yeah. True. Probably. She pretty much like adapted the vibranium to most of the like like weapons, clothing, suits, and technologies. Her technology is like far better than t- anything Tony Stark's created. And she has no ego. No. Well, she's not a dick. A little bit, but not much. To her brother. She's not not Tony Stark level dick or um, Hag Pym level dick. There is a part in Infinity War where, like, she's talking to Bruce Banner. Mm. And they're like, and she says something about, like, oh, why don't you recalibrate the neurons to work with each other? And he's like... And then Bruce Banner's like, because we didn't think of that. (laughs) 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 They still haven't introduced the most intelligent Marvel person ever, Reed Richards. Mm. Well, actually... It's Reed Richards and then Doctor Doom. They're they're the smartest. They're meant to be the smartest. Yeah. In the apparently Reed is the most smartest, one of the most smartest in the universe. Yeah. Not just like that's insane. Yeah, and then Doctor Doom and yeah. then Tony Stark. Yeah. Yeah. Way below. And then Way Tony below Stark. Because yeah. there are a bunch of like yeah. extraterrestrials and like celestial beings who come in between. But Reed Richards is meant to be fucking beast when it comes to Yeah, no, he's even smarter than some yeah. of the, um celestials. Well, talking of Beast, Beast is pretty smart too. Oh yeah, Beast is pretty smart. X-Men Beast. Beast is very smart. How do we get onto this? Co- I think, I feel like we, I feel like we diverted somehow. Well, we're still talking about... Someone brought in Reed Richards. Yeah, me. Oh yeah. <laughs> what else? Oh, we're going to talk about Michael Pena. Michael Pena. Hilarious. He's one of the best parts of this movie. Him and also the two other guys. The two, the two other guys. 
I think one of them's one of them's Ti, isn't it? The rapper. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Ti. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And the other guy who was in the Dark Knight. Yeah, he was in the Dark Knight. They're both pretty funny. Mark, the funniest part is the truth serum part. The truth serum part, yeah. <laughs> and he goes on this rat, and there's a there's a line that was like, "Oh, if you put a dime to play the song, you got to listen to the whole song." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the random yeah. tangents. <laughs> And then Ghost Ghost just comes out of nowhere. It's like, where is he? And he says it straight away. It's like, where is Scott Lang? It's like, I thought you meant, where is he in life? <laughs> and I also love how Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly like, acted out those scenes as if Pena was talking yeah, to yeah. them. Like, they changed mannerisms. That was like... Yeah. yeah or also, another funny scene when someone's acting out what someone else is doing. When Paul Rudd acts as um, Michelle Janet. Yeah, yeah, that part's pretty funny. That is hilarious. I but found I that so funny. I don't know if it was meant to... It wasn't meant to be funny. Oh, yeah. Obviously, he holds his hand. It's so it's so funny. And then it's funny and then when, when he, he comes strokes... back. It's funny when he comes back and he's like, what, what is going on? But, like, when, he, when he's actually... Like, it's actually meant to be her talking to them, right? So, I, I thought it was... I was laughing the whole way through. Was it meant Especially to be, like, an when... emotional... Connection. No, no. I think it was. <laughs> I think why, it was meant to be funny. That's why that scene sort of ruined the reunion a bit because it was supposed to be at the end when actual the mother meets the daughter. Yeah, and there's no actual impact because that's already happened. Yeah, before, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was hilarious though. I loved it. It was funny, but at the cost of that emotional movie. Yeah, it definitely definitely took away from when she does. It took away from the book. Yeah. yeah, we can talk about Ghost. Anna John Carmen. I don't know if I haven't seen her in anything else. Apparently she's she's in some TV shows. She was pretty good. I thought her character was good. She they did give her a bit of a backstory as well of how she gets her powers. She turns out not to be a villain after all. Like she does have some good in her. She was kind of the Winter Soldier. Yeah, but she didn't do anywhere near as like Winter Soldiers actually killed people and stuff. Yeah, whereas, no, she killed people. Like, she killed quite a few people. She does. Yeah, she kills people. Like, she does a phasing Remember thing she did. To, their, to their head and then, like, destroys their brain or whatever, then takes it out. She did, like, the wet work for S.H.I.E.L.D. Remember? Yeah, you see, like, yeah. a small flashback about it. Yeah. But that was when she was being used as a weapon. Yeah. Which is similar to Winter Soldier, yeah. yeah. But after she kind of comes to her senses, because mm. there's a scene where she was going to go after Scott Lang's daughter and uh, Bill Foster Bill Fos- yeah, Bill tells Foster. her... That, you know, he'll stop helping her if she does that. And she actually doesn't end up doing yeah. it. I actually thought she would. I thought as a villain, she wasn't great. But she has a decent backstory. Both the villains in this movie are pretty shit. We'll probably talk about Walter Goggins in yeah, a sec. Yeah, we'll but... talk about him in a sec. But before that, we'll talk about Bill Foster, Lawrence Fishburne, who's in two universes, comic yeah. universes now, DC and Marvel. Does this mean that he's ditched DC? I heard he won't come back. He said he's unlikely to come back for Man of Steel 2, and he refused to come back for Justice League, so he might be done. (laughs) Okay. Well, that was a good decision on his part. Fair enough. His character was good, so in the comics, he's also got powers. Or Giant Man. Yeah, he's Giant Man. Well, he's Goliath. He gets killed in the Civil War arc. He's Goliath in in the comics, yeah. Yeah. Do, Do you know how he gets killed in the Civil War arc in the comics? How? Thor kills him. Not Thor, but Iron Man basically makes a robot version of Thor to fight Captain America in the Civil War arc. And then the robot goes crazy and it kills Goliath. It goes straight through his body. And then he dies. And he's like the only casualty. And then after that, 
shit goes down. I thought you, I thought you read the Civil War. Arc, no, no, you? I got you the comic, but I never read it. Okay, just yeah. an update. Apparently, he's called Black Goliath. Like this, this version of it, or just all like, versions of it. The Bill Foster, also known as Black Goliath. Are you saying black? Black, black. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, just making sure. I, I had to, I had to make sure. He's a decently big character in the comics. He's not massive. He is massive in terms of he's big, but other than that, he's not. There was a part where he gets there's a is I don't know if it was de aging for this. Apparently, it was his son. It's his son, yeah. So there's a part where Bill Foster's younger, and he goes to meet the younger ghost, like when she's a kid, and oh, he gives yeah. her like a teddy bear. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Was that his son? Yeah, apparently that's his son. Really? Yeah. It looks exactly like him. Yeah. So did they not use any CGI? No, no. That is insane. We can talk about Walter Goggins. I actually thought he was hilarious. I actually, I watched a movie with Walter Goggins just the other day. The YouTube Raider movie. He was okay. The big thing is they were talking about him having... Do you know how he keeps referencing his boss throughout the whole thing? So we never actually find out who he's working for. I've got a theory about that. Well, let's see what you say. I've got a theory as well, but I feel like they should have used that person in Walter Goggins' place rather than having him as the boss. So my theory is that his boss is Justin Hammer from Iron Man 2. So he's trying to get tech and all that kind of stuff to just create new stuff. He's out of jail now. I feel like they should have just had Justin Hammer in Walter Goggins' place. It would have been a much better villain since he's already fleshed out a little bit. My theory was that he was Justin Hammer as well. The other theory is that he's the Vulture. Because this could be before Homecoming. Oh, true. It could be, yeah. But then why not just have the Vulture in it as well? It would be so much better movie. Like, why have this random guy and not flesh it out and then keep it? I don't think the Vulture would have... Like, if, if it's the same Vulture from prior to um, Homecoming, I don't think he would have had the reach to have, like, subordinates like Walter Goggins, who has so much power as it is yeah. in a different city. It's probably someone like Hammer. Yeah, Hammer. Yeah. I would have loved it if it was Hammer, because I actually like yeah, that he's character. Yeah, quite funny, Sam I'm Rockwell. Yeah. Him back. And he would... Don't you think his humour would have worked well in this movie? Yeah, it would have, yeah. yeah. But maybe they're saving that for a sequel or something. Because Ghost is actually not an Ant-Man villain. Ghost is actually an Iron Man villain. And in the comic, it's it's a man. It's not a girl, it's a guy, yeah. Kind of change the character a bit. She looks like she's going to be a bit of a hero if they bring her back, so... But Marvel isn't, like, they do change the characters from the comics. Last couple of things I wanted to talk about in terms of characters was Stan Lee cameo, yeah. which was a pretty good one. I like this cameo. I had fun in the 60s, but now I'm paying for it. <laughs> that was quite good. <laughs> Do you know what that's in reference to? Him, like, doing drugs and... Doing stuff in the 60s? So, in the 60s, when they used to write comics, they used to go on LSD and then write comics. Right. Like, to get inspiration. So, it's like referencing all the drug use back in the 60s, and now he's paying for it, basically. I thought it was just in general, like, he just went wild in the 60s. Yeah, basically. But mostly the drugs, the the LSD. Yeah. Yeah. What a legend. So, it was a pretty good one. I think, out of the Stanley cameos, I think it ranks ranks up there, yeah. Mm. For me, the funniest one is still Thor 1. What happens in that one? He's in the, you know how they're trying to get 
the hammer off the rock. Yeah. And he gets like a ute and he's trying to drive it off. Yeah. And the whole back of the ute just falls off. All right. And he's like, oh, did it work? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just laughing thinking about it because you, you don't see him until the, the ute falls apart and then shows him and he's like, did it work? <laughs> it's a funny scene. I'm glad he's still doing it though. And he'll be in the Infinity War sequel one as well. Yeah, I think he's already filmed like eight cameos for the upcoming movies. Because they're worried he might die. He's getting up there. It's, it's, it's like 95 or something. And I just wanted to mention Randall Park again as Jimmy Woo. Yeah. The funniest part I thought was actually at the end. When it's like, I'll see you later. And he's like, why would you see me later? It's like, oh, I thought you, you know, you want to catch up with dinner or something. It's like, <laughs> it's like, no, I don't want to do that. And then afterwards, like, do you want to catch up for dinner or something? He's like, no. <laughs> do you want to get dinner? <laughs> And all the parts with the magic yeah. at the start. is like, start was hilarious. It's like, how do you do it? He's like, what? The car trick. <laughs> well, and there's another part where Paul Rudd actually references that when he's fighting Ghost. And is, it is like... The magic is always about um, keeping the person's attention on one area. Yeah, like distracting the, distracting the audience. Yeah, distra- <laughs> it's like the first lesson of Magic University Online. And there's another part just before that when... He's trying to plan out what they're going to do. It's like, oh, so first step is this. And then second step is that. It's like, oh, that's actually part of second step. We'll call it part 2A. <laughs> and then it's just like, shut up, man. It's just parts like that. Like, that's what made the movie. I feel like if it, if they took it too seriously, it just wouldn't have worked. Like, as long as they had the comedy, yeah, I was fine with it. Because as far as seriousness, Infinity War took it to the max. They had to do another route, which is comedy. So, before we end our spoiler review, I had some questions, some lingering questions. Let's see what we have. So, how will Scott get out of the quantum? I think we've answered that. Or theorized. Second question, will Ghost return? Maybe she might, she could potentially sacrifice herself to trap Thanos, like, in the quantum. But that might give her too big of a role. Because, like, she's, like, some minor character that we've seen so far. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know if she'll be in Infinity... I think she probably will return because I've got another question but it'll be the answer to that question third question is can this tech so that man tech reverse the events of Infinity War well I mean like apart from the theories what we think is they'll use it to fight Thanos but will it actually reverse the events of Infinity War so none of that actually happens like the quantum realm yeah unless they yeah no if it's just like only Ant-Man will be able to experience the time reverse, but if they want to actually change that... Um, Everything. That, that yeah. actual timeline, that... Because the Probably time, stone time can stone, only yeah. reverse the events in that timeline. Yeah. Otherwise, it just becomes a different stream of time that Ant-Man experiences. Yeah. So we have to do something about that. The last question is, potential Ant-Man sequels. I think it might be about maybe Scott and Evangeline characters... Um, Wasp. Wasp. No, yeah. like, what's her name again? Hope. Hope, Hope yeah. Yeah. It, it might be them, like, heading the new technology, like, taking in charge of technology, maybe incorporating it with the Avengers or something. Yeah. Um, maybe going back to the original comics, something like that. I'm not, I'm not sure. That would be good. I would like more team-up yeah. movies. So maybe one of the Avengers characters, or maybe they're in one of the other Avengers characters' yeah. movies, like a Spider-Man or a Black Panther or something. The other thing that I thought might happen with a sequel is they might have an Ant-Man team team-up movie so just ant-man characters so ghost wasp ant-man possibly goliath and they'll have to fight someone it has to be like on a 
Big scale, though. It have to be like big stakes this time. Because there's probably enough characters in just this universe now yeah. to have a team up. Black Panther, he can have a team up mm. in his own movie because he's got so many characters around him as well. Iron Man's got all his suits, so he's got his own team. <laughs> Captain America's got Bucky, I guess. <laughs> and Falcon, so he's got his own mini team. So they'll all kind of have their own teams within the Avengers as well, which is interesting. Tony has Spider-Man. Okay, so we'll cap it off with our top three moments. I'll start off with mine because I've got it written down. My top moment, I guess it was all the comedy beats, especially the parts with Louise and Randall Park. Yeah. All, all those parts really hit. And, well, my second point is Louise. So that just that scene with Louise, how he recounts the story. And obviously the end credit scene. The first one. <laughs> okay, so you kind of just cheated and just took all the like <laughs> first ones immediately. One thing we didn't mention was there's a scene where Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lily go to her school. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. The teacher calls Paul Rudd is like thinks he's a student. Yeah, you just see running. Yeah. And then you know when at the very end when he comes into the van and it, and then Michael Douglas is like, Oh, do you want some some fruit Do you want a juice box that's such cheese? <laughs> and it's like, do you actually have that? You really have that? <laughs> oh. Alright, so you guys kind of already took my top two. So the last one, I'll go with Hank Pym going into the quantum realm. Because I felt like that was really interesting just to see his experience into the quantum <clears throat> realm. Just to get more details on it. That's really <laughs> Now that, that part was quite interesting because... They keep saying that it, like, breaks you apart and stuff. Yeah, but he... and you eventually see how it's like, destroys his psyche as he gets too deep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he gets rescued by his wife. I feel like there's only so much you can do with these characters in their own movies. Yeah. But if you put them in another Avenger movie, or just even like they did with Civil War, I, I reckon they work really well. More than this version of Ant-Man, or even the Ant-Man in the first Ant-Man movie, I still probably prefer the Ant-Man in Civil War. I think that one is still the best one. I mean, it's the same character, but just the way they handled it in that incorporated in, him, yeah. in that movie was probably better than they've used him in these ones. Mm. And I, I just think he balances off well with off other characters. So it'll be good to hear see him in just any, pretty much any other movie. It'll be interesting to see Ant Man shrink into the Gauntlet circuitry because that was made by Peter Dinklage. Yeah, the dwarves. Um, and the dwarves. Yeah, yeah. It'll be really interesting if they do do that. Maybe, like, it's, like, a really weird, like, city, like, of circuitry inside the gauntlet or something. Yeah. Like yeah. That'd be really cool. I'm still sticking by my theory that he turns small and goes into Thanos' ear and then turns big. <laughs> well, while we're here, there's actually a theory that Thanos isn't the big villain in Avengers 4. That And that there's someone else behind it. But I don't think it's true. It's Snook. Yeah. There are a ton of guys who are like more powerful than Thanos, even with the Infinity Gauntlet. So like you can you can still you can like there's like a ton of people you can go into. So it's hard to really like pinpoint one person. Yeah. That might... So in terms of the 2018 Marvel MCU movies, where does this rank for you? So what's well, been Black Panther, Infinity War, and this, and Ant Man? Definitely third. Yeah, probably third. Not that it's a bad movie or anything, but it's, it's just the other two. It's the other two are just better. Hi guys, it's me again. I hope you enjoyed that episode. That's all we had in terms of what we could salvage because a lot of the audio from Tyrone's side was was corrupted. So we, we lost a lot of the good stuff that we discussed during the day. 
So apologies for that, but I hope you enjoyed what we had left of the episode. Once again, thanks to Bharatwaj for being on the episode and providing his valuable insights. And we look forward to having him on the podcast for another episode. Next episode, we're going to be talking about one of our most anticipated movies of the year, Skyscraper. So till then, bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.